it's time to expand online. Hi, I'm Jamie Slutsky, and this is the podcast where we break down the tech and strategies that successful hands-on entrepreneurs just like you use to translate their services into online products. There is no fluff. There is no overwhelm. There is no shame. Let's get to it. It's time for you to expand online. Welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 203. Today, I have another on-air coaching call for you, and my guest, Nicole, is delving into online group programming. It is super, super exciting, and I am thrilled to bring this conversation to you because I know how much I love online group programming and that I've brought it here on the podcast many, many times. In this conversation, I share with Nicole some ideas on how she can truly magnify the power of the group through the individuals. It is super awesome what you can do when you put the right parameters around a group program. And I know that this is going to get wheels turning inside of your head. Before we get there, I want to remind you that I love being in conversation with you, the podcast listener. So go to callwithjamie.com and book a call with me. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. I love, love, love having conversations with you no matter what format is working best for you. This conversation with Nicole is the second in my on-air coaching series and I've got one more for you next week to wrap up the year. Now, let's get into this on-air coaching with Nicole. Here we are back with another episode of the Expand Online Podcast. This time I am joined by Nicole, and we are going to do a little bit of coaching um, around online group lessons and all sorts of stuff like that. So before we get into that too, too much, Nicole, can you share what you're currently doing online and a little bit of your backstory? Sure. So I am a full-time musician, um, combination of teacher and performer. Um, but my as far as my teaching studio, I have mostly one-on-one -on -one lessons. I teach piano and flute. And I'm pretty much full as far as how much time in the day I have to teach private lessons. So I'm looking to expand and go into the world of group classes. And just logistically, I don't really have a space or a location for a group right now. So I'm looking into going into the virtual group world. And mm -hmm. it's a little intimidating. So I'm here today to just get some ideas and maybe feel a little, get a little confidence. Um, for next week, I'm, I'm doing my first ever group class in the group performance class for my students. So they'll be performing for each other in lieu of private lessons. And I'm hoping if it goes well, I can expand on that and maybe offer more of those in the future. I love it. It sounds like you're right on the cusp of where, where, where a lot of decisions get, need to get made and get to get made. Would you say that you want to do group for both piano and for flute, or do you want to start with one or the other? That's a good question. I think right now it would probably be piano because I just have a lot more piano students than flute students right now. 
Okay, cool, cool. So we're only talking about one instrument. That's. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of get that into perspective and into the conversation. So with online group lessons or online group workshops or online group programs of any kind, it's a matter of helping the students see how it's going to be of benefit to them because we know that it's going to be a benefit to you. Obviously, it's going to be benefit to you because you are able to work with more students in less amount of time. But benefit for the students, that's a little bit trickier. And we want to make sure that they truly are getting what they need out of every time that they show up. We want to make sure that they're not just getting a private lesson in a group setting. So a couple of the things that I know you mentioned as you were talking about what you're doing next week is it's more than just the performative. What else can we put into these group lessons to make it fun and exciting and for people to feel like they're really getting a lot of value? So why don't you talk a little bit about what you put into your private lessons to make them valuable outside of the teaching itself, outside of the actual playing the instrument? Well, I encourage my students to perform. So I have, as a member of my local music teachers association, I give them opportunities to perform um, and compete for those that Mm -hmm. are willing to do that. Um, I offer, you know, through my association, the ability to do standardized testing every year for the really motivated students. Um, And in in the lesson time, for everyone, those that are more motivated and the more casual learner, I try to keep it engaging with lots of games and activities. Um, I try to just have a really well-rounded curriculum as much as possible. I, I really encourage, you know, in addition to your technique and your repertoire, I mean, like ear training and music history and ensemble playing. Um, I think all of those things, improvising and composing, those are all part of being a really well-rounded musician. And I try to bring that to my students at all levels, from the very youngest four-year-old all the Mm -hmm. way up. So um, I just try to provide value in the sense that they're getting a lot of knowledge and they're getting exposed to a lot of things. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that bringing into a group environment can be really, really fun. Because let's say that you're doing a group lesson on composition, and they work on their composition, and then they feel really good about it, they're going to want to play it. But then if they pass that to the student who's at the next screen, and the student gets to read it, gets to try and play it, and that way there's like a relationship that's built between the students because they are playing each other's work. That's something that we could definitely pull in to a group program. Um, Another thing that kind of came up as you were just talking about what you do is the, the history. The history doesn't change. You don't need to repeat it one-on-one for every single person. But if you can tie it into everything else in that lesson or even in a group setting for students who have private lessons, this is the one way that a lot of people kind of branch into the group sessions is to have once a month, kind of like what you're doing next week, once a month is group, and then the other three weeks of the month is individual lessons. And what you can do then is you can do your theory or you can do your music history in that group setting and then have the rest of the month feed out of that 
um, at whatever level the, the students are at, which means you can bring in multidisciplinary, multi-level students into the group lesson. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I like the idea for sure. Yeah, um, a, a history session, a more in-depth theory lesson are great ideas for a group. Um, I'm a little, I'm not really sure how it would work though about what you just mentioned as far as multi-level because, I mean, if you have the beginners that are just, you know, learning their, their notes and learning mm -hmm. step versus skip and then you have your advanced, you know, student who has very in-depth knowledge of music history, uh, music theory as far as, you know, key signatures and harmonic analysis and all of that, um, how do you put all that in one group? Yeah. So what you would really be doing is in your group setting, it's not based on where they are. It's more based on what kind of uh, content do we need to lift up. So let's say that you have four to eight-year-olds um, and you put them into a group together. You may have beginners at four, five, six, seven, and eight. You may also have an intermediate students in the seven or eight year old range, but they're all about the same age. So you can cater the content for the age, not necessarily the ability, not necessarily what they can actually do with the piano. So that's, that's kind of the idea there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's one way of going about it is to kind of free yourself up in the way, you know, like you're doing next week, you're freeing yourself up so that you don't have lessons every single day, every single week. You have one week where you're doing these higher level, you know, group lessons. The other thing is, is to go into a straight up group curriculum where you are taking four to eight students through an entire 16 week curriculum where they always meet together. And they're all about at the same level and things like that. So you can then really take the best parts of your private lessons, the best things that you teach and the best methods that you teach and teach them in a group setting and then provide some level of asynchronous support. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the terminology of asynchronous mm -hmm. support, but essentially what that means is they can record a video or an audio file and send it to you and you could provide feedback back via video and or audio. And so that's a great way of providing the personal touch so that students all advance, but the learning is done in a group environment. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> Any thoughts? Like, what are you thinking? Are you thinking this is something that might be of interest? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just at, at the group curriculum, I haven't really looked too much into what exists as far as already created curriculum. The idea of building my own from scratch is a little intimidating. Um, I've, I've kind of done that with some preschoolers. I kind of make my own curriculum per se, and it's a very time consuming. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if I feel super confident in my ability to, you know, plan out a, a well-organized curriculum to get them from total beginner to someone playing Chopin. You know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel that hard. So. <laughs> you don't have to get them all the way to Chopin. <laughs> so, uh, but aside from 
the uh, the curriculum aspect and, and as far as a group uh, finding one that works for me, yeah, the the general idea is is great. Yeah, are you using um, a curriculum right now? I have gravitated towards several of the you know for for beginners in particular some of the the major ones uh, that are out there the Faber method and um, you know succeeding at the piano with Helen Marley and I'm just kind of getting started in the piano safari series for my preschoolers so those are like kind of the foundational books that I use but I don't like to stay in them you know too long just maybe (laughs) the first two years or so and then after that we got to get into other stuff Absolutely. And I think that that is pretty much the consensus across the board is that the the curriculum and, you know, and the books, they only take you so far because every teacher has his and her own style, you know, and we need to be able to embrace that. I mean, you're creative. You're very, very creative. Otherwise, you wouldn't be creating music. So we know that you have to be able to branch out. But if you look at some of these curriculum that you're already using, you can actually pull bits and pieces from them in order to put something together for yourself. I mean, there are obviously licensing issues where, you know, you don't want to have to have all your students buy four different books because you're pulling this lesson from this one and this one from that one and things like that. But there is some level of, okay, well, this lesson or this methodology or this part of this curriculum would work really well taught in a group setting. And you can kind of pull together what you want to accomplish. And with group programs, or actually with any kind of program, it's all about the journey. We want to take the students to a specific place. We want to take them from never having touched the keys on the piano to something, you know, whether that's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or Chopin, (laughs) you know, it may depend, but we want to take them somewhere so that they can see the, the trajectory of where they're going. I think that's one of the big differences between programs and lessons. Lessons, you just know you're going to move forward. With programs, there's an end date, which basically says, this is when you're ready to take your test. This is when you know all of this. This is when you know all of that or whatever it is. Um, far more so, like if you're, if you're falling behind or if you're moving ahead in lessons, that works because it's one-on-one. But when we move into a group program, when there's multiple students who are moving at slightly different paces, we want to keep everybody engaged and moving forward. And that is the trick. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always, always the trick. And, you know, that's one of the things, though, about group programs that I love so much is that you can actually have them be whatever length of time you want them to be. They don't have to be 16 weeks or a full year. You could have a group program that is a four-week program that is teaching kids how to play a song on the piano for their moms for Mother's Day, and you run it in April. And that could be, you know, they have to have a minimum amount of information you know, they have to have a minimal, you know, they have to already know how to play certain things on the piano, but they don't have to be an expert at everything. You're taking them on a a specific outcome journey. 
you're giving them three songs. You're giving them two songs that they can play for their mom on the piano for Mother's Day. That's the idea that you could start embracing right now where you already know, okay, what does my student need in order to be able to play a song for their mom in four weeks? And you can then, you know, and say, oh, these are the songs I'd like to have teach them. These are the methods that I need to teach them if they don't already know them. And you can kind of build your own workshop of sorts. Uh, I don't know. Is that something that would be of interest? Oh, that's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Having a short-term goal is, is kind of a cool, cool idea I hadn't considered before. Yeah. The nice thing is, is with group programs like that, they can be an additional source for students who are all gung-ho and really want to do more. And they can also be an introduction to you for new students because it's not a super long commitment because it's just four weeks. And, you know, you there there is definitely work on the back end and there's work that might be done between sessions and things like that. But those are the kinds of programs that are pretty easy to get off the ground because, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking here in December. You could even do Valentine's Day. You could do something in January that's, you know, Valentine's Day tunes or, you know, love tunes or whatever you want. I mean, I'm just kind of coming up with things off the fly um, or on the fly. <laughs> and, you know, but it doesn't even have to be based on an event that's coming up. You can, you can base it on absolutely anything. Maybe you want to focus on left hand, you know, advancing your left hand skills or something like that. And that could just be a four week program as well. That's awesome. I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's aw- that's great. I'm so glad that you are kind of like getting the, you know, everything going in your mind. What else? What else are you kind of thinking about or opportunities that you would like to explore in the online space? Um well, you've given me a lot to think about already. <laughs> um, I, I'm just kind of like, okay, okay, for me for next week, you know, since I have that immediate need, um, what ideas if I, can you think of that I could use to supplement as far as maybe a, a game of sorts or um, something with rhythm or, you know, just something to engage all of my students um, in the group class that we're having next week, which is predominantly them performing for each other. It's a performance-based uh-huh. class. But to add that extra value, make sure everybody learns something. Um, and just for fun, really, it's our first time ever doing it. I'd like to supplement with some group activities of some kind. Um, Absolutely. And since I've never done this before, I, you know, I could use any advice that you might have on that. <laughs> for sure. My first thought went to improv. And, you know, we, you have games where you can, you, you know, where you say a word and you build it, you build a sentence, you know, like when you do, you know, like you're going around a circle and you, and every kid has a, has a word that they say, you could do that with music too. So, you know, somebody has to play, you know, play four notes and then the next kid has to repeat those four notes and play four more. And then the next one, you know, and go back and forth until they've created their own song as a group. So that was the first thought that I had. And then I thought, oh my goodness, that is overwhelming. But what if you had each kid play four notes 
and then and you didn't have them do a repeat and you recorded that and then they could you could play it back for them as this is this is what we've done we created this music together so that was kind of where i went with uh, with an improv style interactive program oh that's cool <laughs> yeah i'm glad you like it um you could also do things where it's like a, a guessing game of sorts where you know you could play something or have a student play something that they have been working on not necessarily the performance piece but you could play something and they could they could guess okay the third note or the fifth note or you know like you could actually have them dissect a song together it's like okay we played this piece of music let's figure out let's let's write it you know let's you know me if we brought up the staff, you know, okay, so what was the first note that was played? And they could all just kind of type into the chat and, you know, they could type it in and, you know, you, you could have them um, or they could call it out or things like that. And so that they're getting a little bit of the ear training. Um, that would be fun too. Yeah, I like that. That's great. <laughs> um, maybe I'll pick, do some stuff there, pick some music that's kind of Christmas themed and, you know, you could even do maybe just do something as simple as like, listen to this Christmas song, you know, for my beginners, does it sound like it's major or minor? And, um, and maybe as far as your improv idea, maybe would you suggest giving them a, you know, I, uh, perhaps like a rhythmic uh, motif to, to use as a foundation and maybe give them a, you know, a certain set of notes to use. Totally. Notes, all white keys or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You can put whatever parameters around it that you want. I know that I have one client who, you know, who talks about, uh, you know, using the low notes and the high notes and things like that. And sometimes they do it with like, let's do this completely in the low notes and then let's repeat it in the high notes. So you get, you get them playing the exact same thing, but they're just in a different part of the piano. Yeah. That would work too. You, they, they're going to have fun. They're really going to have fun. Another thing that you can do, uh, what is the age range of the kids in most of these groups? Um, I think I set them up so that they would be like, uh, I think seven and under, and then like eight to 10, and then, or eight to 12, and then everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So with your younger group, you could always send them a coloring page to color in advance or to color during, you know, like color in based on, you know, what you're hearing, you know, you're hearing these other students play, what colors does that remind you of? And then at the end, they can all show their picture of the colors that they, that, that they colored based on what they were hearing. So, or you could even just send like, if there's, if there's six people in the box in there, you could send them just a picture that has a, a graphic that has just six boxes. When you're listening to your peer, color in that box and give us an image of what it was that you heard when you were listening to that. Oh, that's really cool too. I like that as well. Give it that extra artistry imagery going on. Yeah, whenever kids listen to music, they draw pictures in their heads. It's just known. I mean, even adults, when we listen to music, we have visions in our minds as well. And giving them the opportunity to express themselves while they're listening to somebody else because they have to be quiet. I mean, they're obviously going to be on mute and things like that. But 
for them to be able to continue to be creative and express themselves will keep them engaged. So those are a few of the ideas. And this is the kind of stuff that I love doing with my clients is just kind of rattling off some ideas. And then we go from there and say, okay, how are we going to put this in place? How are we going to set it up? Where is that picture that we're going to send? Where are we going to get it from? Where are we going to create it? How are we going to deliver it to the students and all of that kind of stuff? In this case, I would recommend probably just going to Canva and finding something or finding something that has a, a free license that you can use to, to send off to your families. Yeah, I love Canva. Canva is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great tool. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, that's kind of how my coaching calls work. Uh, so for anybody listening, if you are interested in getting on a one-off coaching call or getting into a coaching relationship, definitely hit me up at callwithjamie.com. Nicole, I want to answer any other questions that you might have regarding the tech or the online implementation with this group stuff. So do you have anything else for me? Um, I don't think so. Not at the top of my head. Um, I think you've given me some good ideas for next week, and, and that was something I was hoping for. So awesome. I found your advice to be really helpful, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and being vulnerable and sharing what you've got going on. If anybody who is listening wants to get in touch with you to see how your next week goes, because at the time of this release, it'll be last week. So um, yeah, is can you share any of your social links any, where people can connect with you? I would recommend just looking at my website. I have a contact form on there. Um, and that's my website is just my name, Nicole with two C's, N-I-C-C-O-L-E. And my last name is Modell, M-O-D-E-L-L.com. Awesome. I will have that linked up in the show notes as well. Nicole, thank you for coming on the podcast today. This has been so much fun. Thank you.